listening to Real Talk on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Well, you're with Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. And uh, last week we had the lovely, the delightful, the incisive, and the smart Row Edge. And she was uh, raising with us the concern that we need to protect uh, women and girls sports from trans activists. And the idea here is that I can literally turn up at the local tennis club, say for the purposes of tennis, I'm a woman, play the women's league, but more shockingly, gain access to the women's changing room and toilets, and that if the club put up an objection, they'd find themselves before the Human Rights uh, Commission, and they would lose. And Roe gave specific examples of sports where men are dominating and young women and girls are giving up their sport because what's the point of competing in a sport where you actually can't win because it's so stacked against you. Something that we've understood uh, since organized sport began. And of course, more worryingly, is this desire to access uh, the women's changing rooms and private spaces. Now, there's been a setback, been an upset, but there's also been a very bright note. And so for both those reasons, I have the wonderful and delightful Ro back uh, to speak with us today. How are you, Ro? I'm good. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Rodney. It's yeah, well, very kind of you. Well, the, the comment I got from everyone was how great you were and how I talk too much. So um, <laughs> I don't think you talk too much at all. And I what tried you say to get, is really valuable, so don't stop. Uh, I tried to get all my talking at the start. Now, Tell me what's happened that's the bright note in World Athletics. Yes, so World Athletics in January, they put out a discussion document or a draft policy out to all their member federations. And in it, it basically pushed just to reduce testosterone levels for males who wanted to ID into the female category. So they previously had five nanomoles per milliliter of testosterone over 12 months. They changed that to 20, oh, sorry, 2.5 milliliters of um oh gosh, whatever it is, sorry, I'm very tired after the weekend, we'll get to that later, nanomoles per milliliter over 24 months. So they were still treating women like small men. But luckily, I think a a big part of this is because female athletes finally pushed back. There was a British shot putter, Amelia Strickler, sorry, who came out straight after um, World Athletics put out their draft policy and just said, look, this isn't fair. We're not small men. We're women. We're very, very different. And this, this policy is not based on science, it's just unfair. And it gave confidence to a whole lot of other athletes to speak out too. And the British really are leading the way in this whole battle. Wonderful. Totally. And so World Athletics made sure that their consultation period was really tight too. I think there was like 10 days at the end of January for all member federations to consult with their members and then give feedback to World Athletics. So they were really trying to push everybody into just supporting this policy of theirs, but their member federations rejected it completely. And so President Seb Coe basically has come out and said that they've got to maintain fairness for females as their first priority. 
hooray. Like you wouldn't think we should be celebrating something so goddamn common sense, but we are. It's, you know, athletics is a major, major sporting federation and this is a big move. So get the federations underneath the World Federation don't agree. Yeah, so like Athletics New Zealand, I don't know what their individual feedback was, but so their member federations are all of the national national federations around yes. the world. And you know, World Athletics is very, very closely tied to the IOC as well. And we all know the IOC are the biggest reality deniers in history now with their transgender policy. So this was, you know, they had obviously got a really large pushback from members mm-hmm. to reject their policy and to implement this one. My only concerns are that they have only implemented, I think, for a 12-month period. They've set up a working group. And, of course, they're going to consult with the transgender community, So, which is good. So they should. But they don't say they're going to consult with female athletes once again. Mm. So I just hope in 12 months' time that there is still enough pressure on them and there hopefully will be more research out, although I've just seen online that somebody who was doing research into transgender athletes had his research rejected because it said trans women are males. That's the state of academia right now. um, Tell me, what does it mean for New Zealand athletics? Do they got to follow the world body or can they just say it on their merry way? They can carry on their merry way, but it means that anything that is a world event, a world ranking event, that males, if they've been through male puberty, won't be able to participate in female sport in the female okay. category. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to compete on the world stage as a female, because uh, I shouldn't say as a female, it sounds like it's a choice. Um, uh, for, for young girls and young women training to compete on the world uh, stage, there's hope. There is, but... At the moment, their pathways are compromised, yes. right? Because they've so got to get you, to the world stage. Yeah, they have to get to the world st- stage. So we so could well, have a we could have the mad situation, couldn't we? That uh, males calling themselves women could be winning all the way through a sport in New Zealand, become the top four in New Zealand, but then not be able to compete at, at the worlds. Yeah. Goodness yep. me. We could, thought... up, we could end up with the situation that, you know, just to give you a bit of an analogy, like in the 2016 Rio de Janeiro Games, the eight, female 800 metres had three males on the podium. I saw that. So I they were all DSD athletes no. and they basically were, you know how they say assigned at birth, they were assigned female at birth when they actually have male chromosomes and internal testes. So they were all men. The first woman was in fourth place, a Canadian runner, and her coach was basically told by um, the Olympic Committee in Canada, I don't know what exactly what they're called, that if he spoke out, he would never coach again. So this is, it was just an example of the silencing of voices, and he only came out after this new policy was announced last week. But yeah, so we could end up in a situation where the top three females in an athletic event in New Zealand, if Athletics New Zealand allow self-ID could all be males who identify as female and the female might never make the podium. Uh, that, that is a realistic scenario. We've seen it at Olympic level. Sebastian Coe, so Sebastian Coe, he was a tremendous runner, I believe. I remember him when he was a great runner. He seemed to me when he was explaining the policy to actually believe it as a principle and a value. He wasn't a politician. He was saying, this is what it is, and this is how it's going to be. Was that the sense you took from him? Yes, but he's also under a lot of political pressure 
at the at the top level. Mm. You know, they they um, oh, I don't want to get into too many details with it, but you know, the IOC heavily influences them as well. So well, yeah, but it was. But I think he knows what's right. It's and, a good uh, hill to die on, isn't it? Yep. It it's is. a hell we, that we I need would... more. We need more people to die on it. <laughs> it's a, it's a, Talking it's of dying, a, yeah, we'll get to that. But there's yeah. one little thing that annoyed me about this statement, and I hadn't realised that it was only for 12 months, and they're looking at it. But I was alarmed that they said, "Well, you could be a male, but as long as you transition or do take the puberty blockers before puberty, then you can be a woman." And that alarmed me because I realize through my children at primary school that there's a push to explain gender identity to prepubescent girls and boys so they can, to use the parlance, pause puberty or swap their puberty by taking drugs same drugs we castrate uh, pedophiles with. Yep. And I worry that here in this crazy world, New Zealand, there might become a greater impetus to decide or force children to decide pre-puberty, whether they're a boy or a girl, because of statements like this, if that became de facto the rule. Yeah, and that's a concern that we've had as well. And we put that to FINA, the International Swimming Federation, when they created their rules too, is that it might push parents into transitioning their children earlier and unnecessarily. And so it is a concern. And it also ignores the fact that, you know, male advantage starts in the womb. Of course. And then it has a little charge like in you know the toddler years, but it's supercharged in puberty, right? So it does mitigate a lot, but it's, yeah, but there is still male advantage. And isn't it sort of, not a bad rule of thumb. If you're born with a penis, you're a man. If you're born without a penis, penis, you're a woman. And there are some very small cases that are, you know, have a genetic anomaly. Yeah. Um, they're unlikely to be athletes. Um, and and that's it. And then as the French used to say, vive la difference, because I love being a man and my wife loves being a woman. And um sensible people enjoy that and i can't imagine what it is to be a woman and so the idea that i could say oh i feel like a woman i have no idea what it feels like to be a woman i only know me and mm. um so we we've funnily enough got to push it back to that basic role um which brings us to the next topic when you were on our show last week you introduced me and our listeners to, is it Posey Parker? Yeah, Posey Parker or Kelly J. King is her actual yeah, name. Kelly J. King. And said, you know, there's this event on uh, in Auckland and you and I encouraged our listeners to go along and there was to be one in Wellington. And I thought, wonderful. And ironically, it was under the banner of Let Women Speak. I took it from our conversation that you had some role with her and you take over. What happened? I don't actually have any role with her, but I have been interviewed by her and I support what she says, basically. 
So we turned up in the weekend. Um, obviously, the, there was media hysteria through the mainstream media last week, pumping up fear and division, and like a lot of fear, to be honest. I didn't sleep for nights before. I don't think many of the women that were going sleep much leading up to it because of the absolute bollocks being perpetuated on the med- by the media for the entire week and across them. It was just relentless. What was the bollocks? That um, she was a Nazi, has Nazi supporters, is anti-trans, is hateful, bigoted, um, a far right. I just, I don't think they got anything accurate. Actually, Andrew Doyle, who's with GB News, I don't know if you follow GB News at all. He did a perfect video about probably seven or eight hours ago, he posted it, summing up just, and, and actually taking the piss out of News Hub and their ridiculous reporting. I mean, there was one... News Hub had her saying she's giving a secret Nazi... But they blurred it out because it might be a bit traumatic. She was doing up her frickin' zip. I mean, seriously. It's just, but this is how, this is how bad our media has got. It's like... Let's just focus on that for a minute because this is how bad they've got Mm. because you would look at that clip and you would say... She's either doing up her zip or she's signaling a Nazi salute or signal to <laughs> New Zealand followers. And you think, if she were a Nazi, would she go on the mainstream media and do the signal? And yet, News Hub declared that as a fact. Yeah, they I mean, perpetuated that- a lie that was started by Chanel Lau. And they just perpetuated it across the media. It was it is the most atrocious reporting I have ever, ever seen. It's like, you know, the rainbow tick basically now is the tick of fear. That yes. means if you if you adhere to the rainbow tick, it's basically the rainbow, rainbow mafia telling you what you can and cannot say. And if you're not compliant and you don't toe the line, then you must be punished. <laughs> I hadn't come across that Chanel Leal. Um, but I watched the interview of Chanel and Matty online that was put on TVNZ, and that was stoking violence. It wasn't. He sat there. Like I, I actually only saw a bit of the interview. I just I couldn't watch it anymore because I think I'd, I was just overdosed on the fear rhetoric last week. But, you know, he was basically saying they're all about love and acceptance. Well, they show intolerance. They showed zero of that. They showed is everything he trans, they were is he? against. He's non-binary. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, then our Prime Minister and our Minister of Immigration, and I sort of exclude the Green MPs because I expect them to be mad, but our Prime Minister and Minister of Immigration basically turned up the rhetoric, heaped on the vitriol, yeah, and gave license to people who'd want to take it another step. It seemed to me. Yeah, I've they never, did. They I've did. never then, seen that. And then we had everything from the Dom Post front page on the Friday, whipping up hate and fear and division. We had in the New Zealand Herald, I think it was the second page, big article as well. It was like the media were doing the Rainbow Mafia's bidding. And I call them the Rainbow Mafia because there is a small group of them, like Chanel Lau, like Max Tweedy, who literally 
should just generate hate against women. They're the most misogynistic creeps like I've come across. But they but they have this immense control because they have immense money behind them as well. Yeah, you know, a lot of it's our taxpayer money too. But you know, they just they create this fear that if you're a business that has a rainbow tick, or basically anybody, anyone that works for a business that doesn't toe the line, the politicians. I mean, you look at how fearful National and ACT are even at oh, saying anything shocking. against these guys. I mean, ACT, they both come out strongly in in favour of free speech, although Erica Stanford on Q&A yesterday morning basically said that if she'd got the got the file in front of her, she would have gone out and consulted with those affected and probably decided to use, she didn't say the words, but she implied she'd use the thugs veto to not even let Kelly J into the country, which was what really dis- disappointing. What a and of course, we expect them to uphold free speech. But more particularly, we expect them to protect our girls and our wives and our mothers. But instead of doing that, it was quite obvious at the event that the police were directed not to support us or protect us. It was entirely evident. Tell us about the event now. Tell us about the event, what happened. Tell us about you going and what you saw. Um, So I met with a group of friends just at the art gallery prior and walked up there. There was a lot of rainbow people there, which was great. We had no issue. And we we understood that if we were able to speak, and we thought we were going to be able to, that we wouldn't be heard at the event. But Kelly J has really good equipment that picks up the audio. And so we were basically there to talk to women via YouTube because we knew that we'd Mm -hmm. get drowned out at the event. So we were, I had my earmuffs with me because I thought, right, I'll just put those on, then I'll be able to concentrate on what I'm saying. But the noise was just overwhelming. You know, they had a massive big truck there booming out music. People had everything from pots and whistles and loud hailers and you name it, it was there. My ears are still ringing today. I had the most intense headache all of yesterday and I've still got ringing ears today. It was so relentlessly loud. And there was a small little partitioned off area for us. And there was kind of like, a, I suppose it was about a 1.2 metre high fence, like just higher fence around that you slotted into place. And then there was a another little division, but it was just, it was nothing much. And so we'd assumed, and we were inside of that by the rotunda, and we'd assumed that the police would come in and stand in between the two little divisions. Of course. No, they didn't come anywhere near. They stood just, over just, under the trees. What was the anti-crowd like? Was it? all transgender activists was it a cross-section was it different groups different factions who knows what are what are trans activists or allies they basically what we saw at the front was a bunch of male bullies who couldn't wait to give it to women they stood there before the fences went down they stood there and they were shaking the fences and yelling obscenities at us you know most of us were women and children women aged so there was some young women most would probably be 35 to 75 there was a few guys there not many but a few brave husbands that had come along to support their wives there was a few little kids there as well and it was so so those thugs that were wanting to get it woman and posy they may not have actually even been on the issue they were just there for a bit of thuggery you think do you know what rodney i think if you asked 90 percent of the people that were there supporting the trans activist they would have no idea no. what posy stood for what woman wanted to speak about they were just there because they'd been told she was a nazi 
And or, I put that all on the media and on our politicians who perpetuated that lie. They or basically... here's your opportunity to bash up a woman. Yep, and that too. And I mean, as I don't know if people have seen the violence. You know, there was a 70-year-old woman that got punched in the face. It's on video. And that was when, so what happened is they started shaking the fences and then Kelly J came in. I don't know why she came, seriously. Like that is one brave kick-ass woman, man. Yeah, she yeah is, she's got my admiration. She is a bloody legend. To walk in to that, <laughs> that madness was incredibly brave. She came in, they managed to get her to the stage. There was kind of some scuffles while they tried to get her into the area and up to the stage. She got there and there was this person that had, in a pink dress that had been let in. You know, women are inclusive. You know, they think that the, the TRAs think that they were they got one past us because she got in. Like literally, people are welcome. You know, if they want to listen and hear people's women speak, they're more than welcome. But anyway, she got up and, and she was outside the rotunda. And just before Kelly J arrived, she said to one of the women in there, oh, look, I'm really scared. Can I come in here? And so she said, of course she can. Come on, come up with me. And then as soon as Kelly J got in, she threw this tomato juice or whatever it was over her. And it was almost like the signal to everyone else to go. All of a sudden, the fences came down. There were people, like all these activists swarming through us. It was incredibly scary. And we were the police? There was three of them I saw under a tree off to the left and they stood there and they watched. Jesus. What a disgrace. What yeah, a disgrace so, to the uniform. What, yeah. a, what, what a disgrace to yeah. manhood. That is disgraceful. And so these thugs, when they came through, who are they after? Oh, they were after predominantly Kelly J. They wanted to get her, but anybody that was supporting Kelly J was fair game as well. My friend just grabbed me and said, we've got to get out of here while we can. And we just ran, like made our way through. They were all kind of directed at the rotunda and we kind of just ran out to the side. But it it was really scary. There was a woman walking, like she had, had a, a woman, adult human female sign, right? And she, Kelly J kind of got trapped on the rotunda and they were all surrounding her. And then this other woman who had tried to get away who had a woman, adult human female sign. That's all that was on there. They basically, this whole horde went after her and like were, sorry, I just had a bird hit my window. Oh, poor bird. Um, yeah, they basically swarmed after her and were just trying to get her as well, rip her sign off her. Uh, it, it was just awful. They just walked her out, chanted her out, like yelling obscenities at her out of the park. It was, yeah. Were there, <laughs> was were there would you say that that, violence was a very small minority of the anti-protesters or a big it chunk? Was, it, well, there was quite a lot of them, right? There were thousands of them. So it was probably hundreds rather than thousands. But, but hundreds you know, you get is a that, lot. And they were at the front. Hack mentality, right? You know, the mob mentality is like once one person starts, others follow. And it was just they were they were pumped on this adrenaline of like getting the Nazis and it just, there was no, you know, it's really interesting. Like if you can convince yourself to accept the lie that men can be women and you can deposit something so intellectually incoherent in your brain that you find yourself doing atrocious things like calling violence against women, love and affirmation, like where are we? And using yes. Nazi symbolization with us women and Kelly J meant that anything went. 
Like when she said she for her life, like her life was seriously at risk. I felt it was at risk there. It was well worse than that. Knowing that the New Zealand police would afford you no protection, no matter what. No, so when I when we got out, I saw three police sort of walking around behind this tree, and I went over to them. I said, "There are women trapped on that rotunda. You need to get them out." And they, the guy, first it was a guy, and he just looked at me and looked up and walked away. Then the second cop, a female, said, "Excuse me, there are women up there that need help. Can you guys? Are you here to help and to protect them and keep them safe?" And she just walked off too. I was like, oh, my God, I can't Were they embarrassed? No, were they em- they, no, their faces didn't change. They didn't care. That's how it came across. They were they young care. or old cops? Oh, they would have been probably late 20s to mid 30s. So they're into this woke thing, right? They've been through police college. Police are so scared of the rainbow mafia as well. Everybody is so scared of them because if you do anything wrong, man, you'll just get pummeled and cancelled and all the rest. So, you know, I think the police had decided that it was safer for them to let women deal with the violence than for them to get in the middle because otherwise they could be seen protecting women and then they would be hammered by the trans community. And of course, the trans community, given their bent would throw themselves at the police and then claim police brutality or whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, the police are in a, in a serious position as well, but, like, what do you stand for? If you're not there to protect the safety of people in New Zealand, what what are you there for now? You know, it's... Well, it's so fundamental, and this is why, I mean, there's the physical pain and then the thing about New Zealand, but then it's the, the mental pain because everything that I saw about... Um, Posey was a concern about women's refuges, women's changing areas, women's toilets, women areas, and women's sports, which isn't anti-trans. No, it's probably I get that. Yeah, it's just saying that, you know, we got to, and that we can need to accommodate trans, but we need to think about this. But then you see, like that Chantal Lau, these crazed people visiting violence simply to get access to my daughter's changing room? Yeah. I mean... Like, why would been... you want them in your daughter's changing room? I mean, like, oh, they look, basically not... proved, they proved our point. They why, proved your point. Why males will always take advantage of situations to get at females. If and there's only, and I'm sorry, I need to rephrase that, a very small of number of males... And... And will they always will always take advantage of opportunities. And and all these people that say, oh, well, like most violence happens in the home. Well, for God's sake, if that, it's already happening in the home, let's not make it even worse out in the community in places that are meant to be safe. Well, it's a paedophile's charter, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paedophiles and perverts. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a pervert or a paedophile, and I just say I'm a woman, and I just walk into the girls' toilets, and the police won't touch me. Now, also, too, this... If you can get people to believe that a a man can be a woman, then they can believe anything. Well, nothing's real anymore, isn't it? It's all just... And that's why they can look at you and Posey and see, ah, Nazi, right? Which to anyone outside, we look at it, and think that's insane. But then we see the corporate media, the corporates, 
the government, the opposition, all saying this. Mm. And um, as you say, they are fearful of speaking a basic, I'm going to say it in both senses, a basic biological and biblical truth. Yeah. That a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Chris Luxon won't say that. Mm. Will he? Countdown yeah. won't say that. Um, yeah. You know, the New Zealand Herald won't say that. In fact, they'll say the opposite. And anyone that dare question that nihilistic ideology is condemned and is open Caesar. Yeah. This is, this is extraordinary. Yeah, it's, you can it, you are quite within your rights to kill a Nazi. If a turf yes. is a Nazi, if a woman is a Nazi, then it's open season. And, of course, this went around the world. Mm. It's featured, you know, in the newspapers that I read overseas, and as you say, GB News. It's been picked up by the pro-woman activists like J.K. Rowling with a huge reach and following. And it's painted New Zealand in a truly disgusting light. Yeah, Pure New Zealand had a post on Twitter on Saturday and they were promoting Tamaki Makaro and um, basically trying to you know, get, give people reasons to come to Auckland. And it was overwhelmed with women from around the world basically saying there is no way I would come to a country that doesn't protect women. Yeah. Another one I read basically said, I'd booked a, a trip to New Zealand. I've just cancelled it. I don't care how much money I lose. I, I don't want to come to a country when, where women aren't safe. And, you know, they just, they got so overwhelmed, they deleted the tweet. But it has had, I think in the UK on um, Saturday night or Sunday night, um, the Boycott New Zealand tag was was trending. That was enough on trend. But this is really bad, not only for our tourism, for our, you know, for our um, exporters, for our image. Like, God, you, you think about how far New Zealand as a society has fallen over the last five years. What has happened under this government that we have destroyed what it was to be really proud to be a Kiwi, you know, to feel mm. like we lived on this really amazing part of the world? And and I don't know, I just I really despair. I just hope that this that this was so bad over the weekend that it's the catalyst for change. But we're well, not. Let gonna... me let me put a positive thing to you. I mean, the the thing that is disappointing is the opposition parties because they can't even they can't even do either of two things. They can't stand on any principle, so they got this. But they can't even be political and seize the day. I know there's <laughs> because such an opportunity. If Chris Luxon came out and said, nah, this is nuts. Uh, a woman is a woman, a man is a man. Yeah, there's some hard cases. We'll look at that. But you know, let's deal to the key issue, which is women's safe spaces, tick, women's sport, tick, and uh, I'll put a group together to work out what we can do with um, trans men and women. If he did that, it would be my, I would light up, you would light up, right? So not only does he lack any principle or faith uh, or biological realism, he can't even see the politics of this. 
No, um, at the moment, the National Caucus is ruled by the Liberals, not the Conservatives, and so there's a big tension between them. Yeah. But, it's, you know, the Conservative values are completely gone because the Liberals have control, and the Liberals are focused on winning the woke Wellington vote, which they'll never win, so... no. Why bother? And it's like, you know, trying to win the support of the rainbow community. None of those trans activists that were there would ever vote national or act. None no. of them. No. You know, the, and the, as for the media, well, I think most people can see through the media now. Well, I hope they can. <laughs> well, knows? I think so, because I, I mean, I did a trip around Southland at the weekend to, to pick up some plants and I drove around through Otago, down to Invercargill and back up. And I was going through all these towns and I was looking at them and thinking, um, I think they understand a man is a man, a woman is a woman, that, yeah, there are some tough issues, but they understand about toilets and changing rooms and sport. They'd look at that in Mount Albert and be disgusted by it. And an issue that wasn't on their... Radar is now a talking point yeah. over morning tea and a pint at the pub. And I think that was Posey Parker's jelly. Why does he have so many names? Uh, Posey. I mean, it's bad enough. She thought she, thought she, I think when she started off, she had the pseudonym because she felt she, she was too scared uh, to him out there. Fair enough. Ozzy Parker was like her, you know, the name that she okay. put out there. But then she just thought, stuff this. I'm either going to stick to this or I'm not. Like she, for your listeners that haven't seen her, she's literally five foot one. She's a five wow. foot one little blonde bombshell powerhouse. She's yeah, amazing. I get, but, I struggle um, because she's got, Double hyphenated first name, a, a, a hyphenated <laughs> yeah. surname, and, a, and then she's got a pseudonym, and I'm sort of struggling to get the Munchell pub, pub thing. Right? Oh, what is? Um, yeah. But I agree with you. She's a bombshell, and she's wonderful. But she's got the cut through because this group wouldn't let women speak. And so our challenge now is that our media journalism now is predominantly young people that have been through our institutions and been indoctrinated. So they all think the same. They don't challenge anything. They no. all think exactly the same way. And we see that in what they say. You know, Rachel Smalley did a really good piece on, um, she's the only one I like on radio live in terms of, you know, she actually has an opinion and she's not scared to to, to share it, although Leah Parnipper and Miles Davis thought they were allowed to, but they got shot down. But, you know, Rachel this morning said that she really despairs for, for women and for females, and we have a generation of females now who are in positions like in our media who have no idea about the fight for women's rights. They completely take for granted that they just have the same opportunities as men's, men to be able to get ahead. And they ignore the generations of women that fought to get them there. Now, it was only my generation where you know, workplaces were really sexist when I began work completely. You know, the mm. males got the promotions, the females sort of got shunted aside, males were paid far more. You know, that was only, I'm not going to say my age too much, <laughs> not that long ago. But, you know, now females have actually got more power in most instances. You know, to get quotas, they get you know, they get put above males, which I don't agree with either. I, I think it should always be on, you know, basically what you bring to the table. But yeah, but she said that, and I agree with her, our young woman, and there was a lot of young women at this protest on, you know, for the, the trans activists on Saturday, 
they would have no idea about the history of women's rights. They would have no idea what any of us were going to talk about, what Kelly J stands for, but they've just been indoctrinated with this whole narrative that, you know, inclusion and diversity, and they are the most intolerant, less, less inclusive, less diverse people that I think there are. And the most pampered, privileged. That never have no say to Generation. Them. To them, yeah. And not they're all, them, not all, all of them. There are some really good ones, but, yeah. They also, the when we're talking about the, the intolerance and these people in the media will give a notable exception to Rachel Smalling. They also have no conception of fascism or Nazism. No. I was looking at these activists and these thugs, and I couldn't picture them storming up the beach at Normandy, if you know what I mean, to fight real Nazis. Uh, they were like bashing up defenseless old woman. You accept it. But, you know, the elderly woman. Oh, yeah, we'll bash up a woman. But if they had to storm a... Um, machine gun nest nest with real Nazis in it. Um, you know, they'd just run away and wet their pants. Because well, they almost they, did that, I think, when they tried to um, like go onto the Destiny Church rally after our one. Yes, Destiny Church yes. having one at Aotea, and they like met some real men. Yeah, went there for protection <laughs> and hid behind the real men. And these little activists come up and are having a go at them, and these big guys just stood there and like stared them down, and they left. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's much easier to beat up on women, though. <laughs> Where to from now? <sighs> we just keep fighting, don't we? I think the most important thing now is that awareness has been raised. And so we all need to be talking to each other, all of our networks, and making sure people understand what happened in the weekend, basically. That, you know, free speech, that we live, that was such a display of intolerance and anti-free speech. Like, if we continue down that path, New Zealand is in real peril. So yes. we need to all talk. We need to start speaking up. We need to be contacting our MPs and telling them that it's not on, putting in complaints to the police so that they actually protect the safety of people in New Zealand as well. I, that, I just still can't get over that. But, yeah, the most, the most important thing is having the bravery to speak up. We can't do this alone. And, you know, women need men. We... I'm just going to say it. We need men to protect us. You know, if we'd had a whole lot of big men at our, on our side the other day, they wouldn't have come through those fences. They only did because they saw us as easy targets. I and had Steve Oliver on last week uh, from, and he's an MMA jujitsu specialist. Um, if he'd been there with a dozen of his mates, um, it would have been a different outcome. And I love it that you say you need men. I almost cry when you said that. No, we do. Because <clears throat> there's something odd happened with men. Um, they're no longer wanted or seen to be real. And you yes, said undervalued. Boys, we have completely undervalued men in society. We've and I see it made, with the young, we've made it almost a bad thing to be well, a man. I, we've seen it. It's the same crowd. We see it with young boys growing up and young men where I was brought up to be chivalrous and my greatest role in life was and fantasy was one day to ride up on a trusty charger and rescue a damsel in distress and save her from nasty people like we saw at the weekend and now even to do this interview I hesitated because 
such as the power of identity politics and positional politics that you say, oh, well, I can't really comment on this because I'm not a woman. Well, and that's what I know. <laughs> and that's why you moved me when you said you need men to stand up. Because I think we need to be invited. Because we, I notice this at dinner parties and social get togethers and functions that the men don't want to express an opinion. And the men, don't feel valued. And I'm not suggesting that we go back to the patriarchy or anything like that, or being chauvinists or pinching the secretary's bum as she goes past or any of that stuff. But in all of this rush, the same group that have said a woman can have a penis have also established the concept of toxic masculinity. Yeah. And that all men are rapists and all men are this and all men are that and all men are that, except men who declare themselves to be trans. And I love it that you said we need the men to stand up because um, there's a lot of us who want to. It was interesting. My husband made the comment yesterday that he's starting to get frustrated with friends that say, oh, yeah, I really agree with Ro. And Colin's like, well, why don't you speak up and support her? Like he just he said, I, I just wish people would start speaking up. And he said, and I don't want to be frustrated at my friends, but I want them to have a voice. I feel like you're doing all the heavy lifting and we all mm. need to be doing it together. Mm. So, yeah. And it's Saturday showed that this isn't a thing in a distant country. This isn't some little narrow area of competitive sport. This is now in every school in New Zealand. At my local school, parents have no idea. And when I raise it with them, the ideology of gender identity that's being taught, they sort of shy away like I'm some conspiracy nut or on a wagon or, you know, semi-Nazi or whatever, right? But if they knew what was being taught their kids mm. as young as eight, nine, and 10, if they cared about their kids, there'd be an uproar. And so yeah. I suggest that men and women that are listening, granddads, grandmothers, that you actually inquire of your school what's going on because I promise you'll be shocked. Yeah. Um, my little daughter at 10 had a group inside out turn up without my knowledge and these transgender activists who took the court case to keep Posey Parker out, inside out is the group's name, they had two hours of compulsory teaching in a state school to talk about being transgender. My daughter was 10. Mm. Highly influential. <laughs> well, I'd like to think also innocent. Yeah. And I want to prolong 
our children to have a childhood. But this crowd are just attacking even the innocence of children. They are, yeah. So they these are, totally. Children, it's just... Yeah, and you know what they're what they're doing too is you know those young kids might have like I, I kind of think our era was when we became really accepting of diversity, right? That mm-hmm. gender nonconformity is probably when I got to my sort of teen teen age kind of years, people started readily accepting it. You know, I had a friend that came out to me as a lesbian in our early twenties, and and I was just like, well, yeah, I knew that for years. You know, like that was obvious. It was, and, but we it never worried us. You know, we had the likes of Boy George and David Bowie who, and Prince who were completely gender nonconforming. Did we even think about it and go, oh God, they're weird, or you know, maybe they should be women? We didn't. We just accepted their gender nonconformity. But what we have here now is like the likes of Inside Out going to our schools and telling our kids, if you don't conform to these set gender stereotypes, you are in the wrong bodies and we must change you so that you do conform. It is the most regressive ideology that I have seen in a long time. And it really is the new gay conversion therapy because a lot of these kids would probably grow up to be gay or, you know, homosexual or lesbian. The, uh, and of course, it's this category difference, isn't it? It's not, I prefer men or women. Um, or my orientation is, you know, different. It's um, I'm an I am a woman, you know. I am a man, and um, I got no. I mean, you can go around and call yourself a peacock for all I care, but don't push your way into my kids' safe space. Don't push my vulnerable, innocent child into having to confront her sexuality when she's 10 and having to confront all the sex business, which we didn't have to confront till we were in our 20s or late teens. And as you say, we now live and let live. What this is is the opposite of live and let live. This is you will live to my rules or else I will Mm -hmm. attack you. And on, the, um, on top of that too, we have this, because we have denigrated what it is to be white and straight now, now especially yeah. white, straight male, white, straight female is not far behind that, is that all of these white kids are trying to find a way to feel oppressed so that they have some value in society. And so mm. being non-binary or trans, you know, it actually makes them feel special and makes them feel mm. like they're not just, mm. you know, really boring. My little girl has a friend who's, quote, gay. Now, how you can know that when you're 11, I don't know. But she's come out as gay. But it turns out she was being bullied. And I, my daughter suspects that she decided upon being gay because that's how she secured some protection at the school. Oh, God. Hmm. Right? Because, you know, this bullying isn't a physical bullying now. It's an online bullying with these kids and nasty words. And, um, but that is, I'm sure to listeners, that people don't believe you when you say this. I had Trevor Loudon on, and he said that in a survey in California, 24% of high school students aren't sure of their gender identity. That's, you know. That's how confused we're making children, and we wonder why our education standards are dropping significantly. Yes, that's one in four. And of course, Posey Parker was out here to explain this to us. And she explained what we're up against, not by her words, 
not even by her actions, but by her opponents, who exposed themselves wonderfully, because they are, as you described, violent misogynists. And as you say, if we're going to have a way forward, it's going to take men and women of good character to stand up and say enough. It's going to take men and women saying, we're not accepting this in our school, on our kids, in our sports grounds, in our dormitories. Do not wait. We cannot wait until the boy is in our girl's dormitory because you will not win that argument. No, your girl will be booted out if you complain. Mm -hmm. You actually have to win the principle, and it's happening now right through. And our politicians, Chris Luxon, David Seymour, Chris Hipkins, James Shaw, they all have to be challenged on this. Where do they stand on simple things? Do they think a boy or a man should be allowed access to the woman's toilets? Yes or no? Because if you say no, are you a nut? <laughs> are you a fascist? But that has to be what's happening from the ground up, right? It has to be challenged. Yeah, but we've also got to remember too that women never had a problem accepting transvestites into never. our spaces. You know, Georgina Byer never felt threatened, and I'm actually appalled at how these activists have used Georgina's name over the weekend to validate their violence. It's just she would be turning in her grave. It's appalling. You know, there, there's always been trans people that have, but they have tried to stay under the radar and mm -hmm. just be accepted because that's what they wanted in women's spaces. And women have always been inclusive, understanding the efforts they've gone to to be accepted. But this new brand of trans, now it's all about being validated and it's just, it's... The... It's the Movement to get equality, despite your orientation, has been a wonderful thing. And it has been taken over by this activism for transgender rights. My understanding of it is, is that gay and lesbian people have been shunted aside in this debate. Yeah, there's a lot of them that are very unhappy. There's a big movement like the LGB without the T going around yes. the world. Massive movement. Yes. And they're getting, they're getting yeah. attacked as fascist and Nazi. Oh, they are. Especially the biggest ones that have the problem too, again, it's women, lesbians. You know, lesbians are basically being told if they don't accept males who identify as women as lesbians, that they are bigots and transphobes and turfs yes. and, you know, they are open for abuse as well. Well, and, that and phrase really, turf is interesting, isn't it? Because it's, what is it? Trans, no, turfs. Exclusionary, uh, radical feminists. I call it tired of explaining reality to efforts. <laughs> but that's <laughs> typically your left wing woman who's been advocating for a long, long time for women's rights. They now, this is like this group is turning in on of itself and eating itself. It is, yeah. Right? And um, but while it is, it's collecting all our kids on the way and growing its strength through wow. our children. Wow. You, we're going to have on Reality Check Radio, on Real Talk, um, you've given me hope. You've given me encouragement to speak out, even though I'm, I don't identify as a woman. <laughs> and um, 
I don't understand what it is to, I can't imagine what it is to have your private spaces invaded or the threat of it even. Um, but I know how I feel about it as a husband and a father and a son. And that's what I, that's my lived experience. That's my experience. And I'm not going to tolerate it. And, and for one uh, in four women, we have suffered sexual assault or violence at some point in our life. Yes. And so having strange males in intimate spaces is, is not a good thing. We just won't use them. But Marima Davidson says it's okay. Chris Hipkins says it's okay. Chris Luxon says it's okay. They're not the ones that are suffering this. No, they're not. They live in their elite little bubbles where it doesn't affect them. Normally, everyday people are the ones that have to deal with their woke policies. And it's time we all stand up and just say no, no more. So my biggest message to everyone, it's time to speak up now. Thank you. What a great way to end. Speak up. Ro, we will definitely have you back. You're everything that I said in the introduction. I'm speaking to Ro Edge. She's standing up for Save Our Women Sports. But it's bigger than that. It actually could be called Save Our Woman. Yep. And we saw that uh, on Saturday. And Actually, save our society, I think. Save our society. About. Save yeah. our society, right? Women are a part of it, but so are men. And this is, and our kids, this is about saving our society now. It's so much bigger. And the call is going out to men, too, to stand up for this. And that's not standing up to be a thug or to be violent or to physically uh, assault people that disagree with us. It's about actually speaking up. And that was what, Posse Parker's trip was, was about let women speak. And that's what we have to do. We have to let women speak. We have to let men speak. We have to let people with a different view speak out and explain themselves and their view. And we have to learn to listen. And how wonderful it is that we have this opportunity of really check radio where we can have Row Edge on. We can have this discussion. We can do it in peace. I might reach out to Chantal Lau and see if... Um, they, he, she, I don't know the pronouns. They, them. They, them. I'd be respectful if she'd come on and explain herself. I'll reach out Themself. and do that. Themself. <laughs> You'll have to get yourself I'll, I'll reach out and do that. Untangled first. <laughs> I'll be as respectful as I would be to any guest. But yeah. funny enough, I'll let you know, listeners, how I get on reaching out and inviting her along. Thank you so much, Ro. Have a wonderful recovery <laughs> i you. imagine it's going to take a while because i only saw it and that was shocking like the springbok tour it was shocking like the parliamentary protest it was deeply deeply shocking hmm. and um it's going to take us all a while to process it but um i think we saw what we're up against so in that in that respect, all is not lost. And um, I um, have expletives only for the New Zealand police hierarchy, the New Zealand police that were there that day. Even if you were told not to do anything, if you saw a woman being treated like that, just common decency says that you should use your ability and your badge uh, to protect her. And for our politicians, I have nothing but contempt for the way they stoke this and the way they haven't stood up for women and girls in this great country. You're listening to Rodney Hyde, uh, Real Talk on Reality Check Radio. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Rodney. 
You're listening to Real Talk on RCR, Reality Check Radio.